0: does it mean to be UMC? Each episode of this podcast series explores that question, with clergy and laity at the East Ohio Conference sharing stories of how lives are being transformed through the ministries of the United Methodist Church. This is Storyboard. Faith, witness, transformation. Welcome to Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Today joining us via Zoom are two women who have built a unique ministry in East Ohio by the name of Thrive 1010, which has been a massive blessing to numerous women who have found themselves in need in many different ways. And so we're going to turn the mic over to them now just to get to know a little bit about them. And so we'll start with you, Megan. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I'm Megan DeGregory. Gregory. I live in Girard, Ohio. I was born and raised in Youngstown. And I came on board with Girard First United Methodist Church back in 2019 as a part-time a discipleship coordinator. And then I came on full-time in 2021. And in the process of me coming in full-time, we started a nonprofit called Thrive 1010. So a lot of my duties have been moved over to that, but I still work with the church as well. And in a lot of ways, the church and Thrive 1010 work in tandem with one another in the community. So that tends to be where my role runs with. I'm the operations director at Thrive 1010, kind of been building some programming and overseeing some programming and some volunteers and I'm just really happy to be here. Thank you for having us.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. And sitting right next to Megan is Pastor Vicki. Uh, it's all right to call you Pastor Vicki, right? Absolutely. All right. Pastor Vicki, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, I have been here. I'm in my 10th year at Gerard First. And uh, during that time, we've had uh, quite a few changes in the church. And we've been able to try to pivot with all of the things that have happened uh, in our culture and in our world, and so we're always trying to look forward to see, okay, how is this going to impact the church? How do we need to, you know, change uh, and make things work a little differently now, uh, given the parameters that we have to work with? And in the process of it, we have been made a couple major shifts, um, including starting Thrive 1010, as a way of being able to walk into the future. The vision that we cast was that we would be a worship center on Sunday and a mission center Monday through Saturday. And so that we began uh, during COVID is when we pivoted for that, knowing that life was not going to be the same on the other side. And we knew that as um, the culture was changing and and COVID sort of accelerated those changes that we needed to also change how we approach things as well. I've been in about 27, 28 years in the ministry. Uh, and so it's just I've seen a lot of changes over that amount of time. And I'm glad to be able to sort of navigate, help us navigate through those things as we do.
0: All right. Well, like I said, thank you both for joining me on the mic today. And so let's talk a little bit about Thrive 1010. And if you can put it in a nutshell for me and for everyone who's listening, what is Thrive 1010? What's it all
2: about? Well, uh, the 1010 in Thrive 1010 comes from John 1010, where Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. And that is really the heart of Thrive 1010, because we realized that we this, this isn't just survival. We want to allow people to have beauty, dignity, and strength in our ministries. And so uh, even though our, our flagship program is called Roost Boutique, and we started with that, Um, That is where we give women's products to be able to uh, help them be able to get to school and to work, even if they don't have their needs uh, every month. And so we help to provide those needs. But we also recognize that we want to not only provide relief in those areas, but to help them to actually chart a different course for their life. And we say that you may need shampoo this month, but we want to help you get to the point where you're donating the shampoo, or helping even other, uh, you know, people who need the shampoo later. So we want we have a process uh, we call it relief, recovery, restoration, mm-hmm. where we want to uh, take folks along in a process that will change their family tree. Mm-hmm. And not everybody will walk that way with us, but we want them to have the opportunity to. And so now we've expanded to getting ahead in the Just Getting By world, which is a financial literacy piece. But it's not just about finances. It's about breaking down the mindset of poverty so that we can begin with long-term planning and uh, visioning where your life can be and how it can be different the way that you want it to be in the future. And so... We have uh, created this process through Thrive 1010 to not just be about meeting this need today, but what path would we have to walk uh, in order to be at a different place a year or two or three or five years from now? Uh, One of the things that we learned in our training was that if a person who's in poverty today does absolutely everything that their social worker tells them to do, they will still be in poverty next year. Mm -hmm. And we want to break that cycle. To be able to help say that, no, this is not a permanent condition. This is something that we can come alongside in order to help recover, restore, and uh, help to provide along that way.
0: And so you mentioned training. And so Thrive 1010 is not just something that sprung up out of nowhere, correct? Correct.
2: Uh, Well, we started with Roost Boutique. That was our flagship program. Mm -hmm. And in the process of that, we also got trained with the um, Bridges Out of Poverty. And so, as we've learned various ways of being able to help create those bridges out of poverty, then we wanted that to be part of what we did at Mm 51010 and the pathway that we created from that. And so, we've been trained in that. We actually have our certification to help to train other people as well. And in the process of it, then also run our Getting Ahead program, which is part of Bridges Out of Poverty.
0: And so with Ruth Boutique, let's look at that for a minute. Tell us about uh, a little bit about what Ruth Boutique is, because I'm, I'm sure the listeners are, are some of them are probably a little familiar with it or with the concept but there's probably a lot that, uh, you know, we had the an annual conference just uh, just a week ago as we're recording this. And there are probably a lot that have seen the video the, where, uh, where we detailed a little bit about it. But tell us a little bit about what Roos Boutique is and what it does for the women of, of your area.
1: Roost Boutique actually started back in 2019 um, as kind of a small little boutique area where we would set up hygiene supplies, some small accessories and such for women to come in and receive once a month. We would have coffee and pastries set out. So it had more of a relational type atmosphere. Uh, we're proud to say that during COVID, Ruth would actually continued to go through. Uh, we had to make some modifications, but it, it continued to go through and serve people. And it actually grew during that time. Back in 2022, October of 2022, we uh, transitioned out a little bit and changed the format a bit into a lunch and mourn format. So people would, could still could come in, they could go through a boutique type atmosphere where they picked out their own items so that they maintained their dignity and their individuality. So if you see something that you really like that fits your personality a little bit more, be able to pick that out. And that makes all the difference for folks when they're shopping. Mm-hmm. And of course, these items are free of charge. So we started to do that. And we then we also offer lunch as well as a quick talk from a local professional who shares uh, their discipline. So we've had people such as a psychiatrist has come in and spoken about mental health. We've had um, an OBGYN nurse practitioner come in and talk about the importance of taking care of oneself. We've had financial literacy experts, as well as we've also had a few um, suicide prevention experts. So we've had a wide variety of people who were able to come in and educate our Our participants on varied topics. This past summer, we've had an opera singer. We also had a band during our picnic. So we like to have a little bit of fun too. So what we found with all of that was in the process of this, we've built relationships with people. So through, gosh, three years now, over three years, We've been able to build these relationships. And some of these folks have walked through some pretty hard things in these times. (laughs) And we're we're proud to say that we've actually been the first people that they've called in certain circumstances. And I don't know that without the kind of relational piece that we have, that would have happened before. And, And we're pretty proud of that. Another thing that sets us apart, I think, is our volunteer base, where we started off with a small group of folks who came in. And and, and at the beginning, they set up every month the night before and tore down every afternoon. We now have a stationary space where people don't have to do that so much. So it's not quite so labor intensive, but we, we have built a volunteer base of folks that both go to the church or go to other churches and also go to no church. So some of the folks that volunteer don't even follow necessarily a religious practice, but they consider us their church. Mm -hmm. And so they're walking with Christians in a way and volunteering and serving in a way that feels safe to them. And and we don't know where that's going to lead in their lives but we do know what we're seeing with it. And that's that's been a pretty cool learning that we've had and we did not expect that. One thing that I want to share is that we recently were told that we are able to become a part of the diaper bank network. Hmm. So we're going to be a supplier of diapers in the area, which I anticipate will mean that we're going to grow pretty quickly. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about it and a little nervous, but um I, I think it's gonna be great. And I, I'm just so glad to see that the needs are being met in a very tangible way, but we're also able to make connections with people that we know would have never happened in any or any other format.
0: Excellent. And so with these connections and these relationships that you've been able to build, especially through Ruth's boutique. How did those grow into uh, this program of getting ahead in a getting by world? How did those lead into that getting started?
2: Well, the we see it kind of like a funnel that we have you know so many participants coming to Ruth's boutique, but then as we build relationships with them, we offer them this getting ahead and let them know what kind of things they can expect it's a 16 week program it is quite a an investment of time and so it's a big deal when they sign up to be a part of that but that's where a lot that's where we've been able to really go deeper in our relationships over those 16 weeks for 3 4 hours in time yeah. and so uh, and we you know walk alongside people we have Um, One woman who lost two children Mm. during the time that she was with us and we were able to walk with her and be, you know, serve uh, as the funeral dinner. I mean, we were one of the ones that she called when this happened. So it's bringing those relationships to bear to invite people in the process, but then also walk with them as they go through it. And not just say they're, you know, we'll be warm and well fed, go on, you know, it's the, we'll be here with you as, as life happens too.
0: Can you walk us through what that program kind of looks like? Uh, just a basic overview of what you do within the program?
1: Okay. Like Pastor Vicki said, it's a 16 week program. Um, and we started off a good month and a half before talking to folks about it, throwing it out there, uh, taking applications, because we, we want to interview folks and make sure that they know the investment that they're making into their lives. It's a it's an investment of time, but it's also a lot of deep soul searching. And so there has to be a level of being ready to do that. And, and we all know that that comes at different times in our lives. Uh, the interesting thing I'd like to add, though, during that process was Those of us who are facilitators had a lot of similar learnings about ourselves, which was a really cool thing to have happen because what that says is that the program works. But let me go back to the other piece. (laughs) We wanna make sure people are ready and we wanna make sure people know that they're going to be doing hard work because part of the process is we offer childcare. If the person has a child, we offer meals to both them and their children, and we offer transportation during that time. We also offer an incentive payment because what this is considered is it's a focus group that allows people who are living in a real community to dive deep, not only into their personal lives, but there's a significant portion of it that talks about what does your community offer? Where are the barriers and and the gaps in what I need? what my community offers and so therefore it's kind of a focus group where we can then go to some of our community leaders and say hey listen this is what we're finding and this is a trend it's not just one person saying this it's not just even one small percentage this is a large percentage of our community that is sharing this is a gap how can we help fill that gap so we do an incentive payment for that because we want them to understand they're not only taking a class. They're also providing vital information about the community so that we can make changes at a systemic level. Another piece that I'd like to just share is that what we found was that our folks early on were working really, really hard. Like weeks one through three, you start off looking at where you are. And when you're living in poverty, sometimes where you are is awfully depressing. So we move out of it pretty quickly, but it's a very important piece to understand that when you start off looking at where you are, we do a lot of reinforcement in the fact that folks who are living in poverty are excellent problem solvers. Mm -hmm. They're constantly putting out fires. The problem is, is when you're constantly putting out fires, you're never able to get ahead. So that, that little mixture of two pieces that they're dealing with in a very real way in the first three weeks, it's a slap in the face, but it also is a huge motivator. And I'm I'm proud to say we had 100% retention. And even if folks started just coming for the incentive payment, I'd say around week seven or eight, sometimes they were walking out, forgetting it, and then coming back for it. So it was not the first piece of why they And we're really, really proud of that and proud of them. Yeah, it's a huge difference.
0: Are you able to share even just a couple of the of the learnings that you were able to come together with from the program? Some of the things that you learned that that they were able to bring to the table with you?
1: One of the biggest learnings was when we started off. The goal of the program is to get community involvement. So we are looking for folks and groups to begin to provide like meals for it, to even serve those meals But early on, we weren't sure exactly how to handle that. So what we had was we had a food team for this first inaugural group. And what we found was people came hungry and we should have known this, but we really didn't know this. And they wanted to take stuff home because this may be the only two good meals that they had. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we learned was we made sure we had plenty and we had takeaway containers and we brought in fresh fruit that wasn't for the meal, but they could take it home. So we always had a bowl of fresh fruit for people to take fresh food home with them. It wasn't a part of the program. It wasn't anything that they had to do anything for. But it was just that one little piece that allowed them to not to worry about tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. Another thing we learned was that, uh, unfortunately, because of the losses that occurred during this program, when you're walking that closely with a group of people, even though you're very different, and maybe in normal real life, you wouldn't necessarily even be friends. When Pastor Vicki mentioned that we served at the funeral, that means every last person who was in that program made an opportunity to serve that family. And that was huge. That was a way of showing servant leadership in a way that We don't see with a lot of folks, let alone folks that we consider to be living in poverty. It just gave them an opportunity to give back. And when we get those opportunities to give back, you know, it makes you greedy for more. (laughs) Serving people oftentimes makes you feel better than anything you could imagine. And they were able to have that feeling and they were able to minister in that way. And it was it was pretty cool to watch that. And that happened organically. That was pretty amazing.
0: It does. Yeah. And you recently got to have a graduation ceremony for this first class that went through didn't you <laughs> we did and it
1: was it was <laughs> a blast amazing. Yes.
0: yes and listeners i i actually got to uh to attend that ceremony so uh there's a little laughter on our end of the mic because we all three were there so uh it's kind of an inside joke for a podcaster here on my end but yeah it was a it was a very very uh joyful event the plans are for this graduating class to go on and to uh, be facilitators in another round, correct?
1: Correct. We have several who are interested in doing that part. We have several who are interested in going another route, but are going through maybe some job training. Mm -hmm. We actually got a call last week saying that one of our participants is getting back into the workforce, and she's utilizing one of the programs that we had a speaker come in and speak about um, vocational rehab. So some people don't know that if you're on disability or if you have a disability, that social security disability allows you to make a certain amount of money. And we're of the mindset that everybody needs something that we're responsible for and that we look forward to during the day. So when this person found this out, they they called within the next week or two to state, hey, listen, I want to get into the workforce. I didn't even know I could do this because let's face it when you are getting into the workforce if you are on any form of assistance you are risking losing it so some of these programs actually afford protection so you don't lose your subsidized housing you don't lose some of your other benefits so you can get ahead while you're in that process eventually you can be off of some of those programs but you have to be able to be in a state where you can and so that was one of the things that we we watched is that people not only want to help future getting ahead programs, but even they were maybe even ready to be even more individual and get into other pieces. Yeah. Yeah
0: as you look to the future as you've uh you know you've spent the last few years uh building thrive 1010 with ruth's boutique and getting ahead and getting by world this new news of with these diapers uh what are what are some of the dreams that uh that have been living in your heads and your hearts for more more of the future
2: okay i'll do part a with this one <laughs> then, well again relief recovery respiration. So. We have the relief. Here's the shampoo. You know, mm-hmm. recovery is okay. Now let's help it so that next month you don't need help getting your shampoo because you're on a better track. And then the last part of that uh, release, recovery, restoration is now. How do you participate? And how do you have the life that is thriving and can give back to your community as well? And so um, we feel like we have the first two covered. And we're working that process and we keep expanding it. We do pop-ups with Roost Boutique and, you know, we do these and now the diapers and the various things like that. So we're always expanding that piece of it but now we also want to expand our getting ahead to where there's not just one class but we're in multiple locations and with different demographics and we're we're hoping to be able to work with the human trafficking court and maybe be able to have one with them so that you know we reach a particular group of people that needs help to be able to rise above where they've been and uh, but we also want to build out that last piece that says this is not just about uh, you know, recovering and getting better. This is changing your family tree. And uh, we have, uh, we had a vision for some uh, help with some affordable housing. And uh, we haven't been able to execute on that yet, but it's still a desire that we have. We had some plans that kind of fell through and now we're like, okay, well, maybe the opportunity just wasn't right yet. Maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe there's something else in so we're looking to that piece that what is it that's going to provide that next thing that will not just make a difference for today or tomorrow, but in somebody's lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is where our prayers are focused right now. And uh, not just expanding what we have, but looking to see what is that thing that will truly make an impact in our community for a lifetime. For
1: me, uh, part of what I didn't mention in my introduction is I spent over almost 30 years working in the mental health field and nearly 20 as a psychiatric nurse in the community. So my heart lies with not only caring for people through God's love, but also caring for people who maybe others don't necessarily see or or maybe even afraid to talk to because we just don't know. So one of the things that we're gonna be doing, and this is just a one-time event, but we're hoping to maybe do even more of these is Do a mental health first aid course where we can offer some real practical information on how to help someone you love or help someone that you've just met on the street or a neighbor or even yourself to recognize maybe some of those things that seem like they're a little off, but we don't have words for them yet. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we're even afraid to say it and give someone the right words that they can use and help them find the resources that they need. This is not something that would be providing care, but it's just a way for you to feel a little bit more empowered to be a better neighbor or even better for yourself. Um, So that's one of the things that we'd like to do. Uh, We definitely would love to, as Pastor Vicki mentioned, do more of the getting ahead programs where we offer to different demographics and even maybe in, in different counties, You know. Yeah, The Youngstown, Mahoning, Trumbull County area, we're pretty tight knit. And so even though we're very diverse, we also call ourselves the Mahoning Valley. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about that, that's kind of like a community in and of itself. So maybe being able to offer the getting ahead programs in different environments so that people because there's a need for it. Um, and like I said, us facilitators, we we participated and we all learned some pretty amazing things about ourselves every week. It wasn't just like a one-time learning. There were new things every week that we learned. So I definitely think that it's out there. So those are kind of, in my mind, to build on what Pastor Vicky mentioned, just some growth in that way.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And as we as we wrap up our conversation, is there anywhere that you wanted to point people online that we could put in our production notes uh, where they can learn more about Thrive 1010, about uh, any of the resources that you have available that you want to share?
1: You could find us on Facebook. We're um, Thrive 1010. But Ruth's Boutique itself also has a Facebook page. So Thrive Mm -hmm. 1010. And um, then we also have a website. It's ThriveNeighbors.org. And we try to keep up to date with that and share all of our information on that. So please feel free. And you can also email us at thrive 1010 mv at gmail.com.
0: All right. And so I want to thank you both again for taking the time to chat with me today and for all the work that you do for the women in your community. And for those of you listening, I pray that this conversation has been an inspiration and a challenge for you to examine your own ministry context. And see if there might be a way that you, and possibly your church, can open up your doors to someone who is struggling to just get by in their world. You can learn more about the East Ohio Conference by visiting our website at www.eocumc.com, or by finding us online at Facebook at facebook.com/eocumc. On Instagram, at EOCUMC, or or on Twitter, at
2: EastOhioUM.